today's um, talk is, is kind of a precursor to what we're about to look at over the next eight weeks. We did the introduction last week. I'll post that later today. Um, and then it's there for people to look at. Um, but today I want to look at the dynamics of relationship. Because when we're going to talk about um, this idea of loving people without an agenda, we need to acknowledge how our relationships function and what the different roles we play in different kind of relationships actually are. Um, so we began last week looking at this whole idea of loving without agenda. Uh, we talked about how loving people is not about collecting tickets that build up equity, that we do nice things for people and we build up equity or we build up reward from God because we've done X, Y and Z um, that, is, that is kind for other people. Um, we acknowledged how easily agenda can creep in to what we're doing. So behind what we're doing, behind our actions, there's this hope that if I do this, then this will be the outcome. That can creep in. And we looked at the power of constantly reminding ourselves it's not about us. That what we're doing, that when we do something good, it's not about us. I want to reread the extract we finished with last week because uh, we read quite a lot of this book. Um, very, very good book. Very funny, um, but really um, quite thought provoking. So this is what Bob Goff, the writer of Everybody Always Says, at the end of the chapter we read last week. And it says, the next time you're tempted to boast, just say under your breath, it's not about me. Say it a dozen times a day. Say it a thousand times a month. Say it when you wake up and when you go to sleep. Um, so I've just lost my place. Um, so, um, say it when you bless a meal or do something wonderful um, or selfless or when you help hurting people. Make it your anthem and your prayer. When you keep track of the good we've done for, uh, or love people with an agenda, it's no longer love. It's just a bunch of tickets. We can either keep track of all the good we've done or all the good God's done. Only one will really matter to us. In the end, none of us wants to find out we traded the big life Jesus talked about for a box worth, uh, full of worthless acknowledgement. And the, the, the excerpts we read from that book were really quite challenging, quite thought-provoking. But I think this kind of stuff of, of trying to work out how do we operate in a way that just genuinely loves people without there being conditions or agenda um, is something that we want to aim for. We want to become, Bob Goff talks about, we want to become love to people. Um, but we've got to be real as well, it's a challenge. But the inspiration behind this is that passage in Romans 12, which we've read many times before. And I'm just going to quickly uh, recap it now. We read it last week in a different translation, but this is what it says in the message. Love from the centre of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it, if you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. Our scriptures tell us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. Or if they're thirsty, get them a drink. 
Your generosity will surprise them with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. And I love that passage because if I ever want a reminder of what we're supposed to try and do at least, it's all in there. And and I don't know about you, sometimes that's hard to make reality because sometimes situations happen or, or relationships take a turn and it becomes a real challenge to be able to do it. But each type of relationship that we have is different. So it's important that we understand the dynamics of relationship. We understand how they all work differently and how we play a different role in different kind of relationships and then how we behave differently in each of them. And there's some interesting questions that arises when you start thinking about this whole um, question. If we're trying to become love to others, what does that actually look like? What does becoming love actually look like in the different scenarios that you find yourself in? Um, One of the problems with it is when you think about, okay, well, I'm supposed to become love to everyone. Does that mean I need to be best friends with everyone? And the problem is you probably sit there and if you have that question, you probably discount the whole idea of becoming love to people because you go, man, if I've got to become love to my neighbour and then also my work colleagues, I'm not even got the capacity to be properly best friends with my best friend so how can I be best friends with everyone now the fact is becoming love doesn't mean that you're going to be everyone's best friend but actually it looks different in different scenarios and one of the challenges as well is how do we manage the varied expectations of friendship if we're going to invest time and energy into showing people that we love them and that we care for them and that we see them What does that look like when they might expect that to look a certain way and you've only got the capacity for it to function in a certain way? It's hard, isn't it? How do we work that kind of stuff out? And how do you manage differences of opinion and different perspectives? Because the problem is when we're cutthroat about this stuff and go, okay, well, I'm going to try and become love to people, but the agenda goes, I'll become love to people who agree with me or who believe the same as me or have the same political views as me, that's easy. It's easy to love those scenarios. But what if it's someone who, who doesn't always agree with what you say or what you think or what you uh, stand for? Um, how do you become love to that person? Because that's actually where uh, the rubber hits the road in a lot of ways. Loving people who are different to you and think differently to you. Now, sometimes what we naturally do is we distance people from ourselves because it's too difficult and it's not convenient for us but the challenge sometimes is too close to home it might be family or it might be um might be close friends or 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 other relatives or people or work colleagues that you can't escape from how do you become love in those kind of scenarios and i suppose the hope over the next few weeks is that we begin to look at stuff um, that will challenge us to think about, well, am I doing this? Am I able to become love in the situations that I find myself in? Uh, ourselves in? Um, so today I wanted to, to take a quick look at this whole idea of dynamics of relationships and try and understand how different relationships function and, and how we can uh, potentially begin to view relationships and our role in them. And for me, as a complete non-academic, non-studied individual, in my great wisdom, I've come up with four categories. It's not from a psychologist who studied this for years. It's just in my own mind. Um, I've come up with uh, four categories um, that I think friendship falls into. Firstly, close friendships. 
Um, and those might be our partner, uh, close family, your best friend, your children. Um, then there's a second category, wider connections. Um, so colleagues, uh, neighbours, um, friends, uh, wider friends, and then sometimes family uh, fall into that as well. Then we have distant, um, a distant category, which is people we would describe as strangers or people that we don't know, or people that we've chosen to distance from. And we could use the term enemies. I don't like the term, but we could use the term enemies. Uh, that's very biblical. Um, but but I, I often feel uncomfortable with that word, but, but that's how sometimes people would describe it. But people we've chosen to have a distance from. I would say the fourth category then is what I call core, which is firstly your relationship with yourself, but also if it's of interest to people, your relationship with God. Those are kind of core uh, things within us. So we've got close, wider, distant and core. And as I thought about those areas, I began to think about some of the elements that define them, that kind of make them, um, I suppose, explain what they're all about. And when you think about close, for instance, those close relationships, uh, maybe your partner, close family, best friend or children, the thing that defines that is investment. It's about your investment into that relationship, those relationships. And in essence, they're relationships that we choose. I know we could probably nitpick and say, oh, we don't, we don't choose um, who our family are. But, but the reality is we choose to invest in those relationships because we know that um, it's beneficial to us and beneficial to those other people. And, and it's, sometimes it's our responsibility. So with our children, it feels like it's our responsibility uh, to keep that relationship close, to invest time and energy into making that relationship work so that it can not just exist, but it can be maintained and be developed. Um, the second area, wider relationships, I define that almost relationships that are about obligation. Now, I don't mean obligation in a negative sense. I'm saying that we don't necessarily choose those relationships. So it might be, uh, well, you certainly, unless you're the CEO, you certainly don't choose your colleagues. Okay, and if you were a CEO who just sacked everyone you didn't like, you might be making a bit of a brutal error and mistake. Um, but we don't necessarily choose a lot of those relationships. Um, so it's, we're talking about colleagues, neighbours, uh, some friends you don't choose because they are part of a friendship group that you wouldn't necessarily have them in it, but they come along as part of the package. Or sometimes that's family. And sometimes that might be close family where you go, um, I, don't, I wouldn't choose to be, um, to be close to you. But I know a relationship has to happen. And that's when obligation comes in. It feels like we are obliged to keep some form of connection and some form of relationship uh, going with those kind of people. Uh, and neighbours is, is a classic one. Neighbours is the proximity of where you live, where you exist, where you spend your time. Your neighbours are, are people that you can't choose. Um, sadly, we experienced that one very harshly for, for a long, long time. And when we come to how do we love our neighbour um, uh, without an agenda, I'm going to have to rewrite that talk from four and a half years ago. Um, um, so that's the second one. Wider is about obligation. And then the third one, distant, is about just that very word. It's about distance. 
It's about uh, a decision to place, to either not reduce distance or place distance between us and those people. So if we're talking about people that we don't know, we may not require a relationship with them. There are many people in the world who exist outside of our friendship group, um, and that's okay. They can keep going with that. They are strangers, um, but they just we don't need to make sure that we have a relationship with everyone. But for those people that we've chosen to say, I need distance from you, that, that distance is the thing that defines that relationship, that, we, that you have made a decision to say my life functions better without close contact or, in some cases, any contact with that person. And that's hard, but for some of us, we've realised that barriers and distance are required for us to be able to feel safe and to be able to function in the way that we do life. So when we consider how to become love to others and then how to drop agenda from these situations, we can see that each of us has a range of challenges that we've got to sometimes face to do with these relationships. And I suppose the aim is for us to become people who choose to love uh, in each of those scenarios. And it will look different in every single scenario. As I say, it's not about you becoming everyone's best friend. It's about understanding what does love look like in a close relationship? What does it look like in a wider relationship? And what can it look like in a distant relationship? Um, And our plan over the next kind of uh, couple of months is to acknowledge the complexity of each type of relationship, but also be brave enough to work through these areas. So we'll look at wider, we'll look at um, how do we love our neighbours without an agenda? How do we become love to our colleagues? We'll look at close connections. How do we become, how do we become love um, to those closest to us, our, parents, our, our partners, our close family, our, our really close friends, our children? How do we make sure agenda isn't getting in um, to, to, I suppose, negatively influence uh, or put expectations on, on our offer of love to all of those scenarios? Um, we'll look at friends. How do we make sure that we're just uh, being genuinely loving uh, without conditions with our friends? Then we'll look at distant. We'll go and, and, and talk about how do we love people that we don't know? Um, and then how do we cope with the challenge of loving our enemies? Um, and then we'll finish. Um, it might not be in exactly this order, but then we'll land with looking at how do we love God without an agenda? Um, which is an interesting one. And then equally as important is how do we love ourselves uh, without an agenda? How do we become love to ourselves, which, is, uh, which can be a real challenge. And there's going to be key things that we want to consider um, for each area as we get to them. Um, your unique role in that relationship We need to acknowledge what is at play in these different scenarios, whether it's a work thing, whether it's a close relationship thing, whether it's a parenting thing, whether it's with our parents. It could be all sorts of different relationships. We'll look at what the unique role is for that. Then we'll look at what the temptation of agenda is in each of those scenarios, because agenda looks different in all those kind of things. What you want an outcome to be with a colleague at work might be different, very different from what you really desperately want your child to achieve and you need them to do in order for them to do the thing that you think is best for them. How on earth do we get the balance right? It's different for every scenario. 
And then we want to be able to look at what does loving in each scenario, what does loving without agenda actually look like? So what could it look like? Um, and I think what I want to be able to do as we go through that kind of stuff is give people time to stop and think and really assess in their own situation. It's not going to be a case of um, talking about it in groups. It's just a case of reflecting and saying, how am I doing in this area? How am I, um, how am I coping in this area? And is there times where I've put an agenda in, or I've got an expectation in my head that I think should be met, but actually what I'm doing is I'm restricting um, the people who I'm supposed to be loving. And actually, if I just change my approach, maybe I could um, encourage them and support them and care for them much more effectively by removing agenda from the scenario and just becoming love in those situations. So this topic is something that hopefully we can all relate to. Um, But for each of us, there'll be different things that crop up that become more of a challenge than others. There might be some where you go, man, that's really, really easy. That's just naturally what I do. But you know what? One of the things we realise is you could assess it now and say, OK, I know with my, uh, say with my partner or with my kids, I'm loving them unconditionally and, and that's how it's working. But there might be other areas of your life where you're actually just completely almost invisible and you're making no contribution at all. And that's the challenge where I want us to think about how can we be rounded people that, that say, actually, if faith in God is going to make a difference to the way that I live my life, then I, I want to be someone who shines a light on all areas of my life to make sure that I'm just a consistent, um, loving human being who is being the kind of person that, who God wants me to be, but who Jesus would be if he was in my shoes. That's ultimately what we're trying to get to. So I've not got anything else to say today. I just wanted to open up the topic of this is what we're looking at, the dynamic of friendships. It's not all about one approach works for every scenario. It will be different for each kind of um, each category that we move into. But you know what? We can become love um, effectively and um, relevantly to all of the situations that we find ourselves in. So let's go on a bit of a, a journey together over these next couple of months to work out what does that look like um, and how can, we, um, how can we be the kind of person that God's calling us to be. So let's just pray. Father God, thank you um, for this time together. And I pray um, that as we've opened up this subject, that we would be able to just self-reflect enough to be able to think, actually, what are the relationships in my life where... Maybe I've just allowed myself to be a bit anonymous. And um, also, God, for us to be encouraged in the the places where actually we're really dedicated and committed and really unconditionally loving the people around us, God. Help us to see that as well. But God, um, just help us to kind of work out what are some of the things we can do. Um, Sometimes subtly, maybe even majorly in some settings, um, to be able to be people who become love to everyone in every situation that we find ourselves in. So God, help us to think about it um, over these next few weeks before we, we pick this up again. So be with us. Amen.